me what I ought to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be. He's still working on me. What was that last part? Patient. Oh, patient. Help us. All right. We're going to need that this morning. All right. Do appreciate the Lord and uh, what God has been doing for us. And uh, we. Uh, as y'all can tell, it's raining outside, but there's also an awful lot of stuff. So good having all of y'all, and we're going to try to get right on in. And the um, Lord's been good to us. Huh? I'm going to tell you, to be able to uh, come and to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth, for us to be able to uh, meet freely, to be able to be allowed to come and worship. Not everyone in all places of the world can do that. But we do have the freedom here in America to do that. And I'm so glad that the Lord uh, has given us this opportunity. Uh, so Sheila, if you would be getting us a song here. Brother uh, Robert, if you would receive our morning tithe and offering for us, I would appreciate it. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to be in your household. We thank you for the rain. Yes. Be with each one of us in this service, Lord. Let us remain calm, cool, and collected. Just bless each one here that they grab a hold of the message this morning and receive something from you. All these things we ask in your name. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank the Lord. So everyone that can, why don't we, I know uh, this rain hitting on this uh, metal roof. I don't know about y'all, but that's just... Uh, that just kind of wants you to, makes you kind of want to go, huh? And so, we, uh, let's stand. Let's, uh, let's give the Lord a good praise offering right here at the beginning. Dear Lord, we thank You. We praise You for the opportunity to come and to worship You. Lord, without You, we are nothing. And Lord, You are our help and our blessing and our life, Lord. Lord, we love You. We thank You. Thank You for Your mercies. We thank You for Your blood and Your great sacrifice upon Calvary. But most of all, dear Jesus, we thank You for the resurrection. Hallelujah. And we thank You, Lord, that You have control over all things. Help us. Bless us here this evening, we do pray. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. All right.
trust in each other and I think most of us in here would want to be able to be able to accomplish whatever somebody's trusting us in but I have always found no matter who they are at some point in time they fail us the only one who's never failed is Jesus amen and I only tell you he is my Great God, He is my Savior. Uh, I don't know, I'm thinking toward children here. Uh, He's my hero. huh? He is the one I can always depend on. There have been times in my life Mom and Dad's failed me. 
There's been times my best friends have failed me. I can tell you, uh, if you're looking for the government to help you, it will fail you quite often. But I'm going to tell you, Jesus will never fail. Amen. Thank the Lord for that. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn with me here to a very familiar psalm, uh, Psalm 23. Psalm 23. I, I have lots of notes in my Bible, and I have lots of different areas that I can preach in, but the hardest part that I have every service is to find out what does he want me to preach on? And so, in praying and seeking the Lord, this is what the Lord's given to us here this morning. And so I want to be obedient to Him and uh, obey His way. So, uh, those who are able, if you would, stand with us uh, as we read uh, Psalm 23 here. Uh, at one time, I, I used to knew this by memory, but my memory's not very good anymore, so I'm going to read it and make sure we get it. All right. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod, thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's bow our heads. Dear Lord Jesus, we do thank You. Thank You for giving these words to Your servant David. And we thank You that they have been recorded and passed down to us, Lord, that we might draw strength and comfort and encouragement just as He did. Lord Jesus, I pray that You would come by Help us here this morning. I pray, dear Lord, would you bind any uh, demonic forces that may be fighting against us. If there's depression, if there's uh, anxiety, whatever it may be, maybe just pain in our bodies. I pray, dear Lord, bind those forces and give us victory, Lord. Give us freedom to be able to worship you. And Lord, I pray, anoint these feeble lips of clay. Help us, Lord, in your blessed and holy and righteous and wonderful name, that name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Shake somebody's hand. Amen. I'm trying to get y'all to move a little bit. Uh, so, uh, the Lord is my shepherd. Amen. How many of you in here have actually seen a shepherd before? You ever seen a real live shepherd? I have. Uh, when I was, uh, had the opportunity to go to uh, 
Israel and Egypt when I was younger. I got to see several shepherds. One thing they say about shepherds is that generally you smell them before you see them. That's because they sleep with the sheep and they live with the sheep and they keep the sheep. And shepherds are very important. They are the ones that help guide us. So in this life, because we are not a... um, I don't know what you would call that society that have sheep herdsmen type societies. Uh, huh? Nomad. Nomad type society. We uh, have a different, but yet we still have shepherds and guides that help us. To help us to know there's a pitfall there. The bridge is out over there. Don't touch that. Amen. I don't know about you, but I appreciate those times when I was taught different things about don't touch this. It's okay to touch that. Don't put that in your mouth. Amen. Anyone in here have been told not to put a sharp knife in your mouth? Yeah, yeah, uh huh. You don't want to cut your mouth. That's right. But you might not learn that lesson really good until you do it. Amen. Those lessons come and they help uh, reinforce what they have told us to do. But I want you to look in that first verse, the first thing that uh, after it says, the Lord is my shepherd, it says, I shall not want. I shall not be in need. I shall not be lacking is really what it is saying. It doesn't mean that we get all that we want and everything that we want, all of our pleasures and all that, but the things that we need at that particular time, I shall not want. I will not have need of. Amen. Uh, In other Scriptures, in the Psalms, it talks about that He will provide our daily bread unto us. He will help us in those times of need. When Jesus was walking among the earth and ministering, He sent uh, His disciples out two by two. How did He send them out? Two by two. But without script. In other words, leave your wallet at the house. Without sword, a way of protection. You don't take extra vittles. Leave it there. And sent them out to minister. Why? Because... The Lord was going to provide. Who is the great shepherd here? It's Jesus. Jesus is our shepherd. He is the one. And uh, uh, not only does, does He lead us and guide us, but He's also sent the Holy Ghost to come by and to uh, teach us and to encourage us and to help us in our troubles. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad for the shepherd. And I'm so glad for the Holy Ghost that helps us day by day. That encouragement that we all need. It says, He maketh us to lie down in green pastures. Now, as I've gotten older, I'm not as inclined to do what I used to like to do when I was younger. I remember I was raised on Tybee Island, and so the 
uh, school that I went to was Tybee Elementary School right down there. And they had some nice uh, St. Augustine grass, but there also was quite a bit of clover. And as a young boy in school, I used to like to run out there and just roll in that clover and in that grass. Huh? You ever been like that? You ever lay down in grass? It just, it's so nice. Well, when I'm older now, I don't like the, the moisture from the dirt. And I don't like the other stuff, you know, that might get on you from there. But when I was younger, I enjoyed that. That's what this is talking about. He's given us fresh, tender grass to be able to lie down in and to be able to, to just enjoy I remember those days looking up and watching the clouds go by, huh? We don't hardly have time for that kind of stuff now. Y'all enjoy that while you're young. Amen? Enjoy it while you're young. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. Are y'all getting this picture? Are y'all seeing this? These still waters... It's not a stagnant pond with that green crud on top of it. It's a still water. It could even be part of a river. But in that area, it's still so beautiful, so calming, so peaceful. Uh, you know, in our life, our lives get so jumbled and we get to running so much and uh, I know later in life I began to, they would liken it to one of them little mice that's in the cage running on that little circle. Huh? Y'all seen that before? Yeah. Come on, youngins. Y'all seen that before? Y'all ever seen a mouse running in that little circle? Huh? Running, 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 running. Where's he running to? Nowhere. Nowhere. That's the way our life is too. But when the Lord leads us, He leads us somewhere. We've got a journey. We've got a long journey. Amen. And it's our shepherd that's going to lead us through our life. He leadeth us beside those still waters. Those good waters. I love this. He restored my soul. Yeah. Our soul. Right. Our essence. Our living. Our life. He restores that. He builds us up. He keeps us. He uh, encourages us. Amen. Uh, no one in here ever gets discouraged, do, do they? <laughs> yeah, my friend back there, he gets discouraged. We all get discouraged. The Lord restoreth our soul. He has given us new life. He has given us new uh, energy to be able to go forward. Things in life can be discouraging, but the Lord, when He is with us, He'll give us that encouragement to be able to go on, to be able to accomplish those things we thought we could never do. It is through Him. He leadeth us. He restoreth our souls. He lead us in the paths of righteousness. Here in those phrasing right there where it talks about leading in the path of righteousness, it is uh, uh, giving us the impression 
of an ox cart. Okay? You, you ever seen the ox cart? The ox cart normally has just two wheels and the ox. And that ox cart normally is going back and forth in a regular area. And after time, what does it do? It leaves down tracks. Huh? Where the ox is walking and where the wheels are running. When I was a young boy, I used to love to find paths. I don't know why, but whenever somebody finally showed me a path, I loved finding those things. And you know what? As a boy, I might be riding my bicycle around. This was back in the 60s, folks. But anyway, riding my bicycle around Tybee Island, and I'd see little paths, and I'm, I'd take off and go, where's that path go to? Huh? Found out some of those paths were dog paths. A few of them might be deer paths. I've even found out that rats can make paths. <laughs> I found that out later on in life. But these paths. But this path is not just any path. This path is not a path that rolls back along itself and uh, just makes us dizzy, but it is the path of righteousness. It is a straight path. It is a sure path. It is a path that others have followed and will help us to be able to make heaven our home. That's where we're wanting to go. We want to make heaven our home and these paths of righteousness. But it's not just for anybody's sake. Is for Jesus' sake. Huh? I don't know about you. I want to do that which is pleasing to Jesus. I want to do that which is pleasing unto the Lord. And I want to make heaven my home. And the only way we can do that is to walk in these paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Um... um Bridget texted me and let me know that she had found, had, uh, downloaded that book on Pilgrim's Progress and had read it and she really enjoyed it. And uh, it talks about those paths called the Highway of Holiness. It is a highway that heads to heaven. Amen. And I, I, I like this one part about those scriptures said, and no fool shall err therein. In other words, you don't have to be the sharp, sharpest stick in the box or uh, have a, a doctorate degree or anything like that. You can make it if you will follow His path. And so we need to walk in those paths. And that path of righteousness is going to take us by many different things in our life. It is going to take us by the, the, the place where fun and amusements and things will divert us from. Huh? We've got to stay on our path. There's that path, amen, of work where we work to try to make ourselves great and to make a great income. That's another path of diversion. Amen. Some kind of hobbies uh, can be a diversion. And so this path leads by there. And there's not a, a really a, a problem with like going hunting or going fishing or farming 
or whatever you may be doing, making pottery, as long as it doesn't become your main thing. When it starts distracting you from the Lord. I remember my mom asking me. She asked me one time. She said, well, the way you're talking when I first got into holiness and I got talking to her about it, she said, the way you talk about it, seemed like y'all won't have time to do anything else. That's a good thing. Read your Bible. Pray. Study. Check on the sick. Check on the poor. Help those that are around you. Work around the church. You don't have a whole lot of time to get in trouble, do you? Amen. I want to be led on that path of righteousness for His name's sake. And that path from time to time may even lead us through the valley of the shadow of death. The shadow of death. I know of at least two times I have passed through that valley, but I came out the other side. And I remember a time in my life when I was afraid to die. I did not want to die. I didn't want to uh, be buried. I didn't want, you know, all the things that go along with that. I didn't want to talk about death. I didn't want to, uh, you know, make plans about death. I, I didn't like any of that stuff because I feared the valley of death. But here in these scriptures, it says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Sinner folks take a, a look at death a whole lot different than Christians do. Amen. Sinners look like that. That's a door to the unknown. It's a door. They think, well, some say you can go to heaven. Some say you can go to hell. Some say that you have to be get recycled and be born again and go through life again and all that. A bunch of junk that people talk about. But the truth of the matter is, when we pass through that door of death, we will see the Lord and He will begin His judgment on us either to the righteous place of heaven or to the unrighteous place of hell. And so we are walking through those shadows. But when we are saved, saved to ask Jesus into our heart and our life, to ask Him to be the Lord and Savior of our life, when we ask Him to lead us, to guide us, to help us to be more like Jesus. Amen. It changes our whole perspective because you know what happened? Jesus died. Sister Sheila, several years back in teaching an Easter lesson, I don't know, I guess she was running a little behind, but it was on Easter morning, and she had several folks out, and someone that reminds us of our friend back there, and she said, and and she was, Right up here, I think it was. She said, and so where is Jesus? He, he blurted out, he's dead. I said, Sister Sheila, you're going to have to get him out of that grave. <laughs> she said, that's next week's lesson. <sighs> but Jesus did die 
and was put in a grave. But thank the Lord, He didn't stay in the grave. He came out of that grave. He is alive. Amen. And He was seen of the apostles. Amen. And of above 500 people. And now He sits on the right hand of the Father in heaven making intercession for you and me. He is alive. He is not dead. And because He lives, we can live also. We can live also. That takes our fear off. That takes our fear of death away. And also, He said, For Thou art with Me. Is that just something in words for you? Or has it become a reality? Oh, there's a big difference. To pray until you pray through. To pray until the Lord of heaven has come down unto you, revealed Himself to you, that you know Him personally. Children, did you know that you can know Jesus personally? And that you can talk to Him? And He will talk back to you. Jesus. He will. Jesus will talk to us. He will lead us. He will guide us. He will direct our paths. Amen. He will keep you. There have been times, sometimes I I am hard-headed, but there are times I'll hear a little voice in my head. You know, you might need that tool. And I think to myself, no, I won't need that. And I just go on. And you have to understand, that's a big deal for me, Brother Robert, right now. I have... My shop is across the little driveway from my house. And then most of the time I'm working in the back of the house, and so it's quite a long walk. And I get a lot of mileage out of working every day, uh, walking back and forth. But there are some times, just, it was yesterday, Lord prompted me, He said, you might need that. I don't think I'll need that. I went outside, got up on a ladder, had my arms, working on something, and I realized I needed that. (laughs) You might say, Brother Jeff, does the Lord talk to you like that? He does. You ever lost your wallet? Or your purse? Or your keys? I won't ask this Sheila about what she's lost. She's had lots of miracles too, though. And uh, but uh, but the Lord will help you find those things. Why? Because He's become personal. He's not only my my Lord, my Master, the one that I follow, the one that I I'm going to obey. But He's also become our friend, and He'll lead us and He'll guide us. And He said, "For Thou art with me." Jesus is with us. And thy rod and thy staff, they beat me. Huh? Actually, what it says here, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. As a child, there were times that I didn't think my parents cared too much about 
I think every child gets in that place from time to time. They just don't care about it too much. But it didn't take very long for me to get a little astray, thinking my parents didn't care for me until I did something wrong. And then they proved to me they did care for me. They applied the rod and the staff, and they let me know. Did you know as a Christian, it's comforting to feel sometimes the rebuke of the Lord, the chastening of the Lord, to be whipped by Him, to be reproved, to be corrected by Him. Come on now, folks. I want to tell you, there's great comfort in that. Because He doesn't do that to those people that are away from Him, that don't obey Him. He does that for His children. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. I appreciate the Lord because those things truly do comfort me that God is still interested in me. Now prepares the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Oh, who wants to eat with your enemies? These young children at times have to eat with their enemies, don't you? In lunchroom, sometimes your enemies don't sit across from you. Huh? Yeah. Uh-huh. But this is talking about the Lord prepares a place in the presence of our enemies. And He uh, prepares a feast. Can I tell you one of the things that will change an enemy and make them a friend? Is when they find the same Jesus you got. <laughs> Woo! Amen. And then it'll change from saying, I don't like you and you don't like me and you're whatever, you know, the things, the different things kids say nowadays to getting Jesus good. Oh, he's blessed me. Amen. And so we can talk about those things one to another. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup is saturated. The little Hebrew there that means runneth over is saturated. We become saturated with God's anointing oil. Ah, it's not just any oil, but it's the Lord's oil. He anoints our head. Amen. He helps us. He he helps us in our body. He helps us in our mind. He helps and restores our soul. Amen. He gives us strength. Amen. But more than that, He anoints us with His presence. His presence. I don't know about you. That's what I like. Come by, Lord. I'd like to feel more of you right now. Your presence. Your anointing. Amen. Also, that word presence is not only talking about being near to somebody, it's also talking about face. Face to face. His face looking upon our face. I haven't seen Jesus' face yet. I've heard stories of some that have but I've been in His presence. I haven't seen Him. I guess I'm a little bit like a, 
presence that's an important part of our walk with the Lord but just like feeling his presence we also must be willing to trust him to trust his word that whenever we've done all that we just keep doing his word keep turning that cheek keep being good to our enemies huh Keep paying that time. But I can't pay. I, I won't be able to pay my bills. You, you quit paying your tithe and you will not be able to pay your bills. Amen. I don't hardly ever hit on this, but we need to obey God's Word in everything. Amen. And so, He uh, talks about that. He talks about being saturated with the presence and the oil of God. And then he says, surely goodness and mercy. Goodness. You ever had somebody do, do you good? Yeah. Huh? Amen. You ever had somebody pay for your meal and you not fight them over it and just say, wow, thank you. Huh? Yeah. Isn't that... Huh? Sometimes we make such a scene about, no, I don't want you paying... And it just ruins the whole time. Sometimes just say, thank you. I appreciate that. Huh? Thank you. Surely goodness and mercy. Don't we need mercy? I believe in living a holiness life. I believe in living a sinless life. And I, uh, in many ways, I compared... But that's not wise. There are still times I mess up. There are sometimes I sin. We ought to be just honest with ourselves. Well, I just missed the mark. You know what? I just failed God. Come on, put it on there. You sinned. So when we fail God, we've sinned. And sometimes. It may not be a big sin. It may be just a little sin. It might be a sin that millions of so-called Christians are doing. That matter still a sin. But that mercy, aren't you glad for mercy? Amen. The Lord's desire is not to cut you off and to say, aha, I caught you. Amen. It's not designed to be able to uh, he doesn't want to hit you on the head like I can't remember the name of that game. You bop the head of the little toy that pops up. Whack a mo. Okay. He's not like that. His desire is for you to make heaven your home. To get you from here to heaven. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. All the days of my life. And what does he say? I will dwell in the house of the Lord. We're living in a generation of, of young people today that they're not used to going to church. 
They may never have been in church more than one or two times. This one here, David, he said, I want to dwell there. I want to live there. I want to dwell in the house of the Lord. It's not possible for all of us to live here in the house of the Lord. But it is possible for you to be the temple of the Holy Ghost. And that way, you can take the Lord with you. I still feel like churches have validity in this day and hour. I do believe that churches are an important part of our experience. Amen. I know that, uh, so, like I was saying earlier, a lot of people, uh, they don't know about churches. They haven't been in church. And there are a lot of people who don't even want to uh, have to maintain something like that. It's just an extra expense. Teresa and I bumped into a group up in uh, North Dakota. And uh, we said, uh, you know, where, where do you go to church at? And they said, well, we don't have a church. We just have a house church. And we move from house to house. And if you're on the call list, you'll get a call as to where the house is at. Well, I don't know. But I sure like to have a regular meeting place. And a regular meeting time. Amen. And not skip any time. Oh, you ever notice on some of the church billboards? You know, church on Sundays. Third and fourth. That means the third and the fourth week of the month. Come on. Huh? Or you come to church and the doors are locked. You can ask our regular folks, I, I don't like that. There have been times I, I'll be the only one here and the rest of the church has gone off to a revival or someplace else. But you never know that one soul that we've been working on might show up that day. Huh? To have a house to go to. I want to dwell in the house of the Lord. So, if we could, let's get a song here this morning. And uh, let's stand all across the house here. I want to go back to the very first verse there. The Lord is my shepherd. And I want you, even you children here, to ask yourself, is Jesus my shepherd? Is He my God? Do I follow Him? Do I do what He asked me to do? Because that's going to mean the difference between heaven and hell. The Lord is my shepherd. Let's bow our heads. Dear Lord Jesus, we've tried to deliver our soul what You've given unto us. And Jesus, I ask and pray, Lord, that You would touch and move for us right now. Lord, we need You more now than we've ever needed You before. We need You, Lord, in our day to day. But Lord, there are some that are amongst us here today that You are not their shepherd. And they have not given their life to You. And Lord, I want to give them opportunity. Give them a chance to say, yes, I want Jesus to live in my heart. 
I pray, Lord, would You touch their hearts here this morning. Help them to receive You. To not only to be a friend, but to be their Lord, their Savior, their God. Help them, Lord, I ask and pray. So, with your head still bowed, is there anyone here that would like to be saved? To ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior? A lot of times, just because you come to church, you think you're saved, but that, that doesn't make you saved. You've got to have asked Him to be your Lord and Savior and to repent of your sins, to turn away. Is there anyone here this morning that would like to be saved, to become a Christian, to ask Jesus into your heart and life? Anyone here? All right. I'm going to invite us all to come and gather around this altar and let's pray unto Jesus. Let's ask the Lord for His help, His guidance, His strength. Come, let's pray. Let's see Him right now.